Good morning, church. Buenos dias, church. It's great to see you again. Uh, worship was phenomenal again. Thank you so much. I try to keep it cool the second hour because the first time I, I, after they were done, I was exhausted. Like I could not talk. I had to go get water. And this time I played it cool, but it was still super powerful. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, all right. This morning we're going to continue with our series on the Psalms. And today's topic is going to address something that all of us can relate to. Every single one of us, older and younger, married, single, men, women, everyone. The one thing that we all have in common is that we all struggle, don't we? We all know what it's like to go through hardships. We, we struggle with different things. We may struggle with finances. We struggle with, uh, struggle with health, uh, with relationships. We struggle in our hearts. We struggle with addictions, codependence, you name it. The consequences of our bad choices. I mean, the list is huge. And, and we all have that in common. What we don't all have in common, however, is the way that struggles affect us and how we respond to them. Have you ever noticed how some people may go through extreme hardship and then the best comes out of them? And they, co- they come out of it stronger and wiser and just straight up better person. And some people may go through the exact same thing and the struggle leaves them beat up. Uh, defeated, broken. That's because wrestling with, you know, dealing with our struggles, navigating that is not a skill that everybody has. And that in a nutshell is what I want to talk to you about this morning. I want to talk about struggles. And so the title of this message is Praying Through Our Struggles. If we look at the history of humanity, we know that people uh, have experienced struggle from the very beginning. And as we look at history, we also see that uh, people have tried to figure out ways to struggle with it, to deal with it. And they've left documents and literature. And we can go uh, to the Greek philosophers. And they wrote all this literature about how to live the good life, as Aristotle called it. But we also have indigenous cultures that have their wisdom. They came up, you know, how, how to, on how to be brave, how to do things in the context of community. And they've passed down those uh, you know, the, the advice and the wisdom from generation to generation. And, you know, you name it, any culture around the world, everybody has tried to do the same. And the people of God has done that too. In the Bible, we find all these scripts, all this knowledge, all this wisdom that tells us how the people of God have wrestled with themselves and with God as they navigate life. And in fact, we have a, a biblical genre called wisdom literature. And that's, that's, that contains the Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and Job. And we also have the Psalms. And if you remember the first sermon that Pastor uh, Matt preached, he talked about the structure and, you know, the different books. And he said that this was a collection of Psalms, uh, of songs, of hymns, poems, and prayers. And, uh, today's message is not a hymn, is not a song, and it's not a poem. It's a prayer. It's a personal prayer, and it is Psalm 86. And as, I, as we read it, I want us to not think about it as a song, not think about it as a poem, think about it as a cry for help that comes from the depths of David's soul as he was going through extreme difficulty. I want us to hear his heart and to hear his desire to hold on to God with all his strength. And I'm going to ask Amy Teixeira to come up front and read it for us. 
It's up front. It's also in your pew Bibles in page 477. Hear me, O Lord, and answer me, for I'm poor and needy. Guard my life, for I'm faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever, for great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Amen. Indeed. What a great psalm, right? I don't know if you noticed this, but the psalm has different sections. Or progressions, and we're slowly gonna work our way through them. And as we do that, we're gonna kinda draw different questions that can help us navigate our struggles a little better. Just questions that we can take as just pieces of advice or wisdom that we can get from this psalm. And so from the very beginning, if we read that first line, we can clearly see, as I said, that this is just an urgent cry for help. David doesn't start this with a preamble or anything like that or with a title. He just says, hear me out, Lord. I need your help because something is not right and I am in great need. How many times have you been in that place? So, hand there. Where nothing else matters. Where all the formalities with God, uh, they just go out the window and we just cry out. We just say, help me, Lord. Some of us can do that very easily, but some of us can't because we've been trained to keep things together, to not make a fuss about things, to tough it up. But do you know what I see when I read that first line? I see permission. Permission to call out to God with whatever emotions, whatever suffering, whatever struggling we're feeling in our hearts. There is permission to just cry out because doing that is good for our soul. Did you know that a huge amount of people never get past their struggles because they never called out for help? They never recognized that they were stuck, that they had a need, that they needed someone to come and rescue them. I was talking to a friend this week um, who has been through recovery. 
And she was sharing with me her story and her journey and the decisions she's made, the good ones and the bad ones. And she told me how she learned through this recovery process that uh, there needs to be an acceptance that you need help. She said, you know what, Gabby? Without acceptance, there will never be room for peace. And I thought, that's true. That is so true. Not just room for peace. Room for growth, for healing, for restoration, for wholeness. I, uh, I have several relatives in my family that, that struggle with different addictions, alcohol and drugs. And many of us in my family have tried to help them out many times. And we go, for, we go to them and we, it gets us nowhere. And we go to talk to all these places, recovery organizations, and the leaders talk to us and they say, nothing is going to help them. We cannot help them unless they accept and recognize that they are in trouble and that they need help. And I know that that's, these are examples uh, with addictions, but I believe that this applies to all of us. Every single one of us, whatever the struggle is, addiction, codependence, but also financial problems, health, relationships, whatever it is, I think that the first question that we need to ask ourselves when we're facing struggles is this one. Am I able to name my struggle and recognize that I need help? First question. When David cried out to God, he said, I have a need and I need help. And if we go down to verse 14, he clearly describes what his issue was. Arrogant foes are attacking me. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. He said that, but that is not the only thing that Dave said. Dave. David. Maybe his friends called him Dave. <laughs> King Dave. <laughs> He's not here. Anyway, uh, if we see the, the first section, he, he said, I have a need. Right? I need your help. But he also said a ton of other things. He said, God, guard my life. Save your servant. Have mercy on me. Bring joy. Because you are a forgiving God. Because you're abounding in love. Hear my prayer. When I'm in distress, I call to you. He didn't go to anyone else. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to go to someone else. But he knew that if he went to God, the one that had been faithful over and over and over again would be there to answer him. So when he was in distress, once again in his life, where did he go? He went to God. Question number two. Where do I go for comfort in times of struggle? Notice how I said where and not who. Because some of us go to people, but many of us go to things. We go shopping. We eat like crazy. We go online, we go to alcohol, we look for sex, whatever it is that we need, that we think is going to fill that gap, that space, that hole in our souls, we go to them. Where do you go? What are the idols in your life that promise this false security, this safety, this love that only God can give? King Dave <laughs> knew that the only person that could offer that to him was God he knew that well let's keep reading among the gods there is none like you no deeds can compare with yours all the nations you have made will come and worship before you Lord they will bring glory to your name for you are great and do marvelous deeds you alone are God you alone are God 
When we are in pain, it is very difficult to see God for who He is, for who He truly is. It is hard to trust Him, especially when we hold on to things or to people and we feel like our very lives depend on them. It's hard to get rid of them. But only God can give us that safety. We need to remember that God calls us to trust Him. And that He does that because He's got good plans for us, because He loves us, because He knows better. Only in God do we find life, truth, and hope. And so He invites us to trust Him. But what is our response? What is your response every time you hear that from God? Let's look at David's specific request to God. Verse 11. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. Can you see the posture of David? He's reaching out to God as an apprentice, as someone that needs to be taught something, someone that needs instruction. He's asking God to teach him, um, for he does not know how to do things alone. And that's okay, because most of the times that's us. We just don't know what next, what's next, what, what step to take. And so he's asking for this, but I want to highlight that him asking God to teach him something is not just to get an answer. He's asking him to teach him so that he can be transformed in his heart. He says, give me an undivided heart. Teach me so that I may walk in your truth, so that my actions may reflect your truth. You see, many of us, when we pray, we, we simply give God our list of requests, right? Our wish list. And it's long, and it's long, and it's long. And we forget that God's heart is to partner with us. Yes, He loves doing things for us. He does. But He delights in doing things with us through partnership, union. Do you want to know if you're partnering with God when you pray? Do you, it's, it's very simple. I'm going to give you a great tool. If you want to know if you're partnering with God when you pray, just look at the choices you make and see if they line up with your prayers. Lord, help me be a good steward of my time. And then five, six hours later, we're still on Facebook. (laughs) Still, there's always something there to look at. I know that's a silly example, but that's, that's kind of true. We can't pray, we can't pray to God to make us say a faithful spouse and then expect Him to do all the work, can we? We just can't. There's choices that we need to make that should reflect what we pray in our hearts. Our prayers are connected to everything we do. We just don't pray with our mouths. We pray with our minds. We pray with our actions. We pray with our lives. That's why it says pray without ceasing. We pray with all of who we are and what we say should match what we do. This past week I had an opportunity to do this. I, uh, I said some things that I should have not said. And and the Lord convicted me in my heart big time. And I felt really bad. Really, really bad. And so what did I do? I prayed. I said, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I spoke wrongly. I should have not said that. But I know that you forgive me. And I felt forgiven. But my prayer did not end up there. I made some phone calls. And I said, you know what? That thing I said, that was not okay. I'm sorry. And the freedom that came with that 
You cannot even, I cannot even explain it. I pray, but I had to do what was right. And I wish I had endless examples of that. I don't. So I'll give you the one I have. <laughs> that leads us to our third question. A question that we can ask ourselves as we go through struggles. What are the choices that I can make that reflect the things that I pray? We can, and before you get there, you could even ask one, an earlier question. Do my actions reflect the things that I pray? Yes, no. Most likely, no. So what are the things that I can do that can reflect my prayers? And write them down. Write them down. Praying through our struggles requires faith, yes. But it also requires obedience and the surrendering of our very hearts. That's how we move from hardship to happiness. From pain to wisdom. From suffering to strength. With faith, with obedience, and with determination. And there is a word that sums up all those things. That word is resilience. Resilience. That's what makes the difference between a struggle that breaks you and a struggle that makes you stronger, wiser, better. An author that I read this week described resilience this way. Resilience is the virtue that enables people to move through hardship and become better. It's a very simple definition. There's many definitions out there. But I love this one because it's simple and I like the straightforwardness of it. It connects hardship to a positive outcome in a way that presents the struggle as an opportunity to become a better version of ourselves. I love that. Because isn't that what we're all about? To become a better version of ourselves? Pastor Dave just said it. We're a church that's all about becoming like Jesus and making Him known. And sometimes, I should say many times, to, to get there, we gotta go through the fire. We gotta struggle. We gotta wrestle. That's what the Apostle Paul talked about when he wrote to the Corinthians. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. For we carry in our body the death of Jesus Christ, so that his life may also be revealed in our body. That's awesome. I love how Paul gives us the reason why we're able to stand strong. In the midst of struggle. Because we carry Jesus Christ. We carry his death. And by carrying his death. We carry his resurrection. And the resurrection power. Of God's spirit. That begs our fourth question for today. Where does my strength come from? Where does your strength come from? For years I thought that my greatest strength was being awesome at sports. I was really good at sports. Was. Keyword there. And then I spent nine months in a hospital bed without moving. And I realized maybe I wasn't as strong as I thought. Then I recovered from that and then I went to grad school. And I thought my greatest strength was my ability to do well in school. And I did well. But I went through so much Emotionally speaking, I went through so much in my heart that it completely, you know, that emotional pain completely took over my mental strength, my intelligence. And I realized again, maybe I wasn't as strong as I thought. And in every season in life, wherever I find myself, I'm always looking for that thing of that person that's going to make me strong. And I just forget. I just forget. 
that my greatest strength is God. Where does your strength come from? David says, my strength comes from the Lord. All throughout the Psalms, we read that. My strength comes from the Lord. You are my rock. You are my strength. You are my refuge. You are everything I need. Whatever you're struggling with today, know that you don't need to go through it alone. In fact, you cannot go through it alone. (laughs) It is impossible for us to go through things alone. We may think we can, but we cannot. But we have God. Always ready, always available, always willing, always desiring to partner with us because He has promised that He would never leave us or forsake us. He promised to be by our side when we go through fire. And we know that when we are weak, He is strong. Not us. He is strong. I'm trying to be as practical as possible. Like, let's look at the questions. Right now, simple questions that cut straight to the point, that go straight to our hearts. Am I able to name my struggle and recognize that I need help? Maybe that's that's where you are right now in your struggle. Maybe you just have not been able to, to talk about it or to accept it, to acknowledge it, to give it to God. Maybe you've done that but you've been going to the wrong places for comfort. Where do you go for comfort? What are the choices that you make? Do they reflect your prayer? Do they not? And where does your strength come from? From within yourself, as in my own strength, or from within yourself, as in the God that lives in me? And I'm going to add one last question, and I want you to think about whatever struggle you have in your life. And then ask this question. Is this struggle going to break me or make me? Is this going to break me down and send me into a dark, dark hole? Or is this going to make me into the person that God intended me to be? Make you. Yes. And because I wanted to be extra practical today, I even put together a chart for you. (laughs) That you can... uh, Take home with, I actually made copies. If you want a copy, you can find them at the Welcome Center and they will be online as well. But I'm, I'm all about doing personal introspection. I do that all the time. And asking ourselves questions is a great thing to do if you want to know what, what's in there. So ask yourself those questions and then respond to, to each one of them in an honest way. Don't respond what you would love to be or do. Just say, you know, Where do I go for comfort? I go shopping. I shop a lot. Yes, that's what I do. Truths from the psalm, right? When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. And then write your new direction, a new choice, a new new direction you can go to in your life. Take it, use it, do something with it. Um, I think it's going to help you. Praying through our struggles... As I mentioned, it is a matter of faith. Yes, no doubt. But it's also a matter of resilience. And the more we unite our hearts to the heart of the Father, the more we'll realize that struggles come to our lives as invitations, as opportunities to learn something new, to grow a bit more, to trust in a new way, 
or to experience God's love in a more powerful way, in a personal way. Whatever you're struggling with this morning, know that in that difficult place, you are not alone. God is right there. And it is able and willing and desiring to partner with you. To take your life in a different direction. To help you push through. Know that in you, is the very power of God that raised Jesus from the death. How powerful is that? You don't need anything else. God is always ready to guide us, protect us, empower us, and take us from victory to victory to victory. Many people say that their life is full of struggles, always going from one conflict to another. Let's change the language around and say, God is going to take me from victory to victory. To victory because that is how God is. If that burden is heavy on you today, do not lose hope. Do not ever lose hope. Partner with God. Walk hand in hand with Jesus and say, you know what? I'll give you my struggle. You give me your strength. Let's do this together. Give me your grace. Give me your love. Give me your forgiveness. I need it all. That's what happens when we come to the cross. Not only do we recognize that Jesus died for us. We also say, I choose to do things in communion with you. We say, we're going to have communion. Let's have communion. Let's have communion with God. Let's partner. Let's do things together. Because we cannot do it alone. So as you come to the table, I'm going to ask you to think about that struggle. Or those struggles. Bring them in your hands and just release them at the feet of Jesus. Give them. Give them to Him. It's okay with that. And receive that exchange. Receive that grace. Receive that love. That washes away all sin, all guilt, all pain. Come forward to receive today's elements and just take them whenever you're ready. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father, for the tremendous love that you have for us. Thank you for being all we need, all powerful, all mighty, all loving. Help us trust you with our problems. Help us trust you in our weakness. Help us walk hand in hand with you so that we can know that you truly are faithful, you're truly with us, and you truly have good plans for us. We come to you as apprentices. Help us, teach us, and help us use the power that is available in us through Jesus. We love you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen.